This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. So as the weather warms up, we're outside gardening or doing yard work. There are so many opportunities for skin issues, right? And for me, it's always a mystery to know what's going to irritate my skin, but I'm definitely out there itching and scratching. But the good news is active skin repair always seems to save the day. Active skin repair can be used to treat a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, and other types of skin damage. It's also safe and non-toxic, making it suitable for use on all skin types, all parts of the body, and even on rosacea, eczema, and acne-prone skin. Here's what I want you to do. Visit ActiveSkinRepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and get 20% off your order when you use code JOYFUL. Again, that's www.ActiveSkinRepair.com. Find out more about the product and get 20% off your order when you use the code JOYFUL. The holidays are coming, and if you're like me, any reminder you get that we are inching closer to the holiday season fills you with excitement and dread at the same time. There are questions around, holy cow, uh, will we have enough money? Oh my gosh, will I have time to bake all those cookies? Holy cow, what about the uh, holiday cards? Am I going to even do that this year? Or maybe it'll be for Valentine's Day. Um, The holidays are a mixed bag of emotions. And sometimes when we're in a mixed bag of emotions and we are challenged by our children, we do not show up as our best. Well, I have a solution for you. December 1st, we begin the Joyful Courage 10 Holiday Edition. And what this is, is a free 10-day program to help you get really intentional about designing the holiday season that you want to live in. What is your intention about how you want to feel, what you want to provide, the space you want to hold for your family this holiday season? Head over to www.joyfulcourage.com jc10 and sign up today www.joyfulcourage10.com slash jc10. That's where you go to register. You will get daily emails, a Facebook group for chatting, and daily meditations through WhatsApp. So check it out and join us. You will not be sorry. And yeah, by the way, it's free. Woohoo! Happy holidays. Joyful Courage Parenting Podcast, episode 68. everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I am so excited for you to meet my guest today. Her name is Sarah Harvey Yao, and she is the founder of Yao Consulting Group and is amazing. And I met Sarah a couple years ago when I got to speak at MamaCon Seattle, which happens in May. I'm super excited for the coming MamaCon. Woo-woo! Um, and Sarah spoke about mindfulness and parenting. And if you, this is not your first podcast, you know that I love to talk about mindfulness in the context of parenting because there are so many great resources out there. There's so much great information for us as parents. And so many of us struggle to put the information into practice because it's all in our head and not in our body. So, oh my gosh, I'm super excited to have Sarah on the show. She's the author of Drop In, Lead with Deeper Presence. (laughs) My people are watching the Seahawks game in the other room, so you might hear them cheering. Um, Drop In, Lead with Deeper Presence and Courage. And a book called Get Present, Simple Strategies to Get Out of Your Head and Lead More Powerfully. She is also the host of the Whole Leader Podcast, and her work has been seen on MSN, Self Magazine, Elle Magazine, NPR, 
and more. She's the bomb. And you're going to hear it's like I'm, I'm so excited because it's one of those conversations where I'm like, oh, my God, I love you and I want to be best friends. Um, we're going to talk about all sorts of stuff. We're going to talk mostly about deeper awareness around self and how powerful it can be when we begin to understand ourselves better so that we can then notice how we show up to parenting challenges and sometimes make it worse. And if you're sitting there thinking, what are you talking about? I am not the problem. My children are the problem or I am not the problem. My husband is the problem. Then my invitation to you is to right now take a few deep breaths and really open up your heart and go into the conversation, go into the listening from a place of openness, a place of possibility, and really willingness to see through a new lens, to see yourself through a new lens. And if you start to feel resistant to any part of our conversation, just get curious about that, okay? Just get curious. My podcast is simply an offer. It's an offer of an opinion, my opinion, the opinion of others. Uh, There is some research that shows up in the conversation. I value the knowledge and the work of all of my guests. Otherwise, I would not have them on my show. And it's all an offer. Take what lands, put it into practice, play with it, try it on. And if you find that it's helpful, let me know, please. I love feedback. and Or don't, whatever. Live your life. But know that my goal is simply to open minds, open hearts, and encourage you in the practice of just showing up as your best for your kids and your family and yourself. And um, yeah, Sarah and I are going to talk about that. So thank you for being here. Totally, totally appreciate you, my listeners. And um, excited, excited to have you get to know Sarah. Hey there, Sarah. Welcome to the Joyful Courage Podcast. Thank you. I am quite excited to be with you here today. I am excited to have you. Please tell the listeners a little bit more about you and your work. Well, I I call myself a leadership coach or a leadership consultant, and really my work has just been a manifestation of my personal path and my own personal process. Um I've always been around leadership. I grew up, my dad was an executive. So this, this idea of leadership and conversations about human potential just really was in my space from early on. So this, it sort of feels natural for me to be in, in that world. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think where my work really, um, became even more powerful and more important to me was was when I had children. That's um, I have two boys, uh, Ethan, who is in eighth grade right now, and Logan, who is in fifth grade. And when Ethan was born, I left my corporate job um, as, a, <laughs> as a real employee, and, uh, um, and I was a leadership consultant and director with inside the organization and I left and when he was four months old I got my business license and have been out ever um ever since on my own Mm -hmm. and so it's been an as he's grown and as my children have grown I have grown and the business has grown and morphed and matured um you know just as as another child would so this is is powerful and extremely um close to my heart the work that I do now well, our kids are the same age. Did you know that? I did not know that. Yeah, except for my eighth grader's a girl. Oh, yeah. Bless us. Yeah, bless <laughs> us, indeed. <laughs> so um, I'm excited. I'm excited to dig into this conversation with you. Um, so you recently wrote a book called Drop In, Lead with Presence and Courage. And I'm hearing you talking about leadership and the corporate world and being a consultant in that way. And this book isn't specifically written for parents. However, it is full of really important fundamental pieces that are absolutely important on the parenting journey. And I just want to like make a distinction for the listeners because to the nor- to the regular person, le- I mean cuz your book 
lead with deeper presence and courage. So when we think of leaders, we don't necessarily think of mindfulness and awareness and presence. So can you tell us a little bit and kind of tease out where your passion for leadership, how your passion for leadership and being a leadership coach has taken you into this path of like mindfulness and awareness Mm -hmm. and where is the intersect there? Great question. So I think it's really important that we define, that I define leadership for, you know, how I think about it. Mm -hmm. I think about leadership is a leader is anyone who has the ability to influence somebody else. Mm -hmm. And so when we think about leadership through that lens, parenting is, is one of the more, um, you know, one of the greatest influences or impacts we can have on on another human being or several human beings. Mm -hmm. So um, much of my work, even though it is sort of um, done in either a corporate setting or maybe in a school setting, um, it's working with the human, the whole person for how they, how they influence and impact other people. Mm -hmm. And so just like any journey, I started out, um, you know, a little bit more on the surface around communication skills and, and how we walk into a room and, um, and all those are, those are important aspects of, of leadership and, and the way we impact and influence others. But my own journey kept taking me deeper and deeper into, wait a minute, what do I really mean by presence? What do I really mean? And, and what came forth to me is that deep inner connectedness, mm-hmm. that deep inner stability that comes from someone who is fully there, fully connected with their head, their heart, their gut, their body. And there is like an, a, a, just a strength and a stability with somebody that is deeply present. Um, and I, I got very curious about like what you could tell when someone, anybody walked into a room who was really present and connected, you could feel it. Mm-hmm. And I got more and more and more curious about that. And over the years just saw that that kind of that outer game of skill competencies or public speaking or body language, all those things, those are important. But the 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 real work is is the what I call the inner game. You really that that deep inward stability mm-hmm. um, that that allows a leader, a parent, a teacher, a principal, a uh, corporate leader, anybody to be able to weather what is a really kind of crazy external world right now yeah. uh, with with some um, clarity. Oh my gosh, Sarah, you are speaking my language. <laughs> I love that, right? Because I, I'm often finding myself, I mean, I just, I was late to this interview because I was doing an explore call with someone And she was asking, you know, well, you know, coaching with you, tell me a little bit about what that looks like. And I said, well, it's, you know, it's coaching, it's coaching slash consultation because I have all of this knowledge around positive discipline and I can give you, you know, tools and strategies from that place, which I think you would call the outer game. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the coaching really has to do with how you're, how you be with your, with your child, how you show up with your child, because when we're you know, when we're flipped, when we're full of rage, I think you're, we're going to talk a little bit about automatic pilot when we're in automatic pilot and don't realize that we're in automatic pilot. Mm -hmm. We don't have access to the tools and the strategies and the things that we know would be helpful when we're in our more calm centered present Mm -hmm. state of mind. Right. Mm -hmm. So I love that. I, that concept of outer game versus the inner game and it's so 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 I mean it's relevant to all human relationships and in particular man this parent-child thing because Mm. you think you got it handled and then there they are (laughs) right and all of their glory and it's triggering I mean just whatever it triggers for each of us as individuals you know but man we can get sent off into the spiral Oh, yeah. You know, with one eye, you know, you have an eighth grader, one eye roll, right? I know. I never have I been invited into more lessons around presence than, um, than, than with my role as a parent. Yeah. Well, so, okay. So talk a little bit 
because you spend the so you wrote this great book I love your book right Thank and we're going to talk about Thank it and I'm pulling from it throughout this interview the first half of the book is is talks about what keeps us from dropping in and and I'm guessing the dropping in means getting present yeah right like, like recognizing off. our you know building our awareness so the first half is all about what keeps us from dropping in and the concept of the autopilot. So talk a little bit about the autopilot and how we can begin to recognize when we are there. Mm-hmm. So uh, you said it You said it great. Drop in really does mean dropping in fully, bringing your full awareness into the present moment where you have access to, to how you're thinking, the emotions to what your body sensations are to um you know to to all the data that is available in your system so that that's where we're, that's where we would like to go or where i would propose we go and this autopilot is sort of the opposite of that it's when we're not present it's when we're just going through the motions of our daily life or our meeting or um, cooking dinner whatever mm-hmm. it is and you're not your mind is somewhere else you're not uh, it's probably somewhere in the future or somewhere in the past or it's spinning or there's that mind chatter you're not really fully aware of what you're thinking mm-hmm. what you're feeling what you're sensing so if you're not connected and dropped into yourself, how do you dare possibly think that you can get access and, and bring awareness and, and uh, presence to your role as a parent? Yes. The, so this idea that autopilot, I mean, really, I think we've probably all experienced as if we're drivers where you just drive and you, you've done that route a hundred times to and from school and you literally don't remember how you got, yeah. you know, how you got back home. Like that's sort of the epitome of autopilot. Sure. I, I think we go through our days just sort of in, um, when we're not present, we go through them in, in a relatively, um, automatic way. Yeah. And I think it also, um, so we talk about when I work with parents, we talk a bit about mirror neurons Mm -hmm. And how, you know, when that feeling of being at the grocery store with your young child who decides, you know, for whatever, no fault of their own, they do not have great navigation skills as far as emotions go. And they are disappointed you have said no, they cannot have a cupcake. And so they are doing what they do and they're on the floor. And I mean, even as I say it. I can feel heat and tension coming <laughs> up my legs, right? And my, my shoulders are coming in and my heart's racing a little bit. I mean, I think even, you know, that happens. For me, it looks like the physical sensation comes up and through my body and then out my mouth, mm. right? And so I think autopilot, I mean, I, I'm, I'm guessing you would agree, can also be just when we aren't aware that we have, that we're in an emotional trigger. Yep. Okay. Yeah, I think I think another way we can talk about it is when you feel like you have no choice, right? Yeah. The energy yes. came up through your feet, your legs, out your mouth, and there was no choice. Right. There was no pause in that, that whole experience to, for you to even think about doing anything else. Um, so that is a great example of autopilot. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Thank God, spring into summer is my favorite time of year. After turning 50 last September, I've been really working on my physical health and well-being and can honestly say that I am feeling better in my body than I have felt in a very long time. Yes, credit goes to movement and working out, but even more credit goes to how I'm feeding my body. That's why I love Factor. I fuel up with Factor's no prep, no mess meals, 35 different meal choices, and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. I always have a new flavor to explore. It's amazing. You can crush your wellness goals this May, keep time in the kitchen to a minimum, and enjoy effortless support for the lifestyle you want to be living with dietitian approved meals and ingredients you can trust from Factor. Head over to factormeals.com slash joyful50 and use the code joyful50 to get 50% off your first First box plus 20% off your next month. That's code joyful50 at factormeals.com slash joyful50. Again, that's 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month 
while your subscription is active. Yes, yes, yes. Join me. Join me in the health revolution and feel really good this summer. Hey, everybody. Listen, I'm so excited to give you an update on Songfinch. Songfinch delivers. I shared last month that I was going to have them create an original song for Ian, my graduating senior. Well, the song is done and the process of co-creating it with the artist on Songfinch was so cool. I got to provide details and ideas and then the musician of my choice wrote up the lyrics, put it to the music that I picked and the results are so cool. I can't wait to surprise Ian with it. I will be sure to record it and share it with all of you. Songfinch is an innovative service that lets you create an original radio quality song inspired by your own life and the people you love. It's completely unique, personal, and it lasts forever. After moving through their process, you get the final results in four to seven days. For a limited time, Songfinch is letting our listeners upload their song to Spotify for free. So you and the lucky person you gift it to can listen to it anywhere, anytime. Whether your song is for Father's Day, an upcoming graduation, wedding, or anniversary, or even just a gift to show your loved one how much you care, Start your song now to lock in one of Songfinch's top artists. Go to songfinch.com slash joyful and start your song. After you purchase, you'll be prompted to add Spotify streaming for your original song for free, which is a $50 value. Again, my URL is songfinch.com slash joyful. Don't forget to share your song with us too. songfinch.com slash joyful. I'm so excited we're having this conversation. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Okay. So you, in your book, you write about the three reactive tendencies. Um, tell, this is intriguing to me because I haven't necessarily, I haven't necessarily heard this before. So will you talk a little bit about those three reactive tendencies? Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's obviously a really rich, large conversation. We could have a whole yes. conversation just on these, but very bottom line is it, it, it's, it's rooted a little bit in adult development theory. This idea that we come into the world as fully present beings, like mm -hmm. these perfect little babies come into the world aware, uh, not thinking, not anything. They're just mm -hmm. fully there. They're observing everything. And we were sort of plopped into certain levels of um, function or dysfunction. I'm going to argue that every family at some level is dysfunctional, mm -hmm. but we get plopped into, into our, into our environment. Right. And based on our environment, um, because we're so dependent on our parents for survival, we just adopt reactive tendencies. So our reactions mm -hmm. to, in order to best thrive. So let's say we're, um, plopped into a family that has a very reactive parent, very loud or very emotional or very volatile or controlling. Mm -hmm. um, we just learn, and this is all unconscious, but you just learn, you would learn as a child that the best way to thrive is to just probably do what you're told. Mm -hmm. or keep that person happy or learn to get over your own needs and desires and just shut up and make everything work. Okay. So that would be an example of one reactive tendency that's called complying. And there are three reactive tendencies. One, this idea of complying, like the, the basic assumption here in complying is that I, I just learned early on that in order to be love and safe, loved and safe, I just need to be good. Just mm -hmm. do what you're told and be good. Another reactive tendency is protection or protecting. Mm -hmm. And this one is a little bit like my, it's rooted in the belief that in order to be safe, I need to keep my distance from people. So maybe the same, you know, another child also had a volatile parent mm -hmm. and they're, they just took on the idea of in order to be safe, I need to get away from that. Right. And so that might manifest in 
staying overly analytical, staying away from their feelings, detaching, um, being very um, intellectual instead of emotional. Mm -hmm. Because maybe somewhere along the the way, along the lines, they learned that's how I connect with with um, and feel safe is if I if I'm just smart, right? And then the third reactive tendency is controlling, where somewhere along the way you just learn, all right, if um, if I'm going to be safe and protected and okay in this life, it's up to me. And so that might manifest in being um, overly driven and really um, achievement focused and very perfectionistic and autocratic with oneself. Um, so that's, that's a super quick overview of those right. of the three reactive tendencies. But the bottom line is, no matter what um, kind of situation you get put into as a, as a child, we take on tendencies or reactions in order to create the most um, safety, but also to thrive. Yeah. Many of those behaviors are very generative um, early in life learning to get along and be friendly with somebody is a really wonderful skill. But then there's some time later in life where that very skill has sort of, you've outgrown it and it's no longer generative and um, actually starts backfiring. But that might be a whole other conversation about midlife. Yeah, right. Um, and, you know, I, what I love about this, what I find so interesting about this is you could have three different kids in the same family mm-hmm. with the same parenting style operating from three different reactive tendencies. Yes. And so tell me, so is the moving, so there's also, because um, we, when we talk about parenting styles, you know, typically what happens is we're, we, we're really clear on what authoritarian parenting looks like, that really heavy firmness. And we're really clear on what permissive parenting looks like, which is, you know, kind of the anything goes kind of parenting and what we in positive discipline try to encourage and teach parents about is that kind and firm place, that authoritative parenting style. And so when we talk about the and it's and it's interesting, right, because we brainstorm, Okay, what are the behaviors that are invited in a home that's, you know, that's really leaning in on the firmness which is kind of what I think you were talking about and that it, there can be submissive you know I'm going to be a super people pleaser or I'm going to just you know I'm going to submit because I'm, I'm afraid or I'm going to rise up and tell you to you know F off you can't control me right so all of those things come up in the brainstorm which I think is really powerful and the same in the permissive style as well because chaos can invite lack of feeling, you know, definitely not feeling safe. It can invite not feeling like you have control, so you take it where you can get it. Um, and, you know, to be loved, I looks like I get whatever I want. And I think that that really fits in with this model of these three um, tendencies that you talk about as well. Do you see overlap there? Absolutely. Because what happens, in my opinion, is we all take on these reactive tendencies as people and mm-hmm. we, we're on autopilot. So we're just operating from the reactive tendencies through most of our life. And then we have children and we tend to just repeat whatever was, uh, <laughs> whatever was demonstrated to us. Mm-hmm. And so we end up actually passing similar patterns down to our children. So when we're parenting from autopilot, we're actually perpetuating a pattern that is perhaps generation generations have been in place for generations. So this idea of becoming really present as an, as an adult first mm-hmm. and a parent second um, is vital because then when we're really present, we we create choice in how we're parenting instead yeah. of just doing it the way we've always seen it done. Yeah. And I appreciate in your book, you list off the examples of the tendencies, uh, but also the gifts. Absolutely. Right? Because I, I know where I fall. <laughs> where do you fall? I want to hear. Oh, girl, I'm a controller. Takes sure. one to know one. <laughs> and... 
there's some really positive things that show up because because of that and like I'm just looking at the list and the very first one is creating outstanding results so there you go and it definitely gets me into mischief absolutely especially raising a teenager right because the harder I grip you know the the more she's pulling or pushing depending um and so I think that like what you're saying around and I just did this and the act, we do an activity called Top Card in with parents and teachers. And it's, you know, it's just, it's the same kind of work by a different name, but it's really recognizing what we avoid and stress and overwhelm. And for me, it's criticism and ridicule. And to avoid it, I take control. Of course. Right? And to yes. avoid it, I take control. I give orders. You know, that I get really rigid and inflexible. Um, and indeed, in those moments, I'm actually offering up criticism and ridicule even Mm -hmm. as I work to avoid it so it's it is fascinating and it's so incredible when a room full of people are like oh and I'm not alone like every time I do the activity there's four different squares and I'm always thinking like okay I wonder what the representation will be and every time there's people that fall into each of the categories and it's such a gift for them to say like, yes, these are my assets. These are my liabilities. This is what I'm inviting from others. And here are some things I can do to improve. Yep. That's yep. always, you know, that's the big piece. The big takeaway is like, okay, so now I know something about myself. What am I going to do about it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and when we're not paying attention like like the people are in your classes, but when when others aren't or we're not really questioning um, how we're showing up and leading our kids or anybody else, we will likely just stay in our own autopilot and and perpetuate it in um, in others. So you know, yeah, using you as an example, maybe your daughter is also picking up that oh, this is how I live. I'm supposed to learn to control things. I'm sure that I'm, you know, passed I, on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm supposed to achieve in order to feel safe and loved. Yeah. Right. Oh, like God. if we're not questioning and being really curious about our own patterns, then we, we just automatically pass them on down. Yeah. Well, and the good news, I think where the interruption is coming in my experience, because that was, you know, that model is absolutely alive in me because it was absolutely passed down I say this a lot on the podcast I'm a controlling mom raising an oldest daughter but I come from a long line of (laughs) controlling mothers raising oldest daughters Mm -hmm. and for whatever reason I'm the one that's interrupting it's not because it's easy not because but just because Mm -hmm. I feel like for whatever reason I have space I've decided to become aware and to do something about it and, and, you know, even in the, you know, in classes, it's all exciting and, and well and good. Or even listening to this podcast and being like, all right, yes, what a great conversation. I'm going to, I'm going to be more aware, <laughs> right? And then we show up to life. It is not for the faint of heart, I will tell you. Right. So many of yeah. us, like, we become better at growing that awareness around how we don't want to be, how we don't want to show up, and can don't know and I don't know if we're struggling with this but it doesn't always occur to us to think about okay so I know how I don't want to be so how do I want to be and then how do I access that when these old patterns and these old tendencies rise up yeah so will you talk a little bit about that help us out Sarah (laughs) you have all the answers right (laughs) that's a really big question and I'm going to just come back to, to the most fundamental thing is presence first. Mm-hmm. Um, what, uh, the, the beauty of um, maturing and growing is that sometimes um, it's the pain or the discomfort that, that initiates us or, or pushes us in towards change. Um, and that's a lovely thing because that's, it, we can be very, very motivated <laughs> to right. do something differently when we're um, when we're uncomfortable, but no matter what, or no matter who I'm working with, the first thing always is to start with cultivating presence um, 
through just present moment awareness because when we really become present more and more information can reveal itself to us mm-hmm. all that information that we need on how to make the shifts on dr- mustering up the courage to make the change in behavior mm-hmm. all of that is available to us but if we're spinning and running and and even working too terribly hard at changing mm-hmm. we um we can kind of miss miss the opportunity yeah. and and I have done this myself, like gotten, because I, I also am very familiar with the controlling tendency. Mm, hello, I, sister. And, yes. Even in my growth, in my, you know, yeah. the, the well-intended, I'm going to be a better person. I still applied my own, the old reactive tendency of drive, try to make it happen, mm-hmm. push uh, to my own growth. And then, and then it just became, I was just perpetuating an old pattern. Yeah. So there is sort of a resting into the moment and resting into the process and the intention of moving through a pattern that is 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 the the first and most fundamental place I start with people. So I love that language, resting into the moment. And and what is showing up for me right now as I'm thinking about I had a parent recently in my parenting community um a new person to the community she said you know I'm wondering about if I've missed the mark because it seems like most people that are moving towards positive parenting or practicing you know and there's lots of words right peaceful parenting Mm -hmm. gentle parenting whatever you want to call it she says it seems like you start when they're babies and I've got you know a three-year-old and I'm 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 trying to make this shift and it's really challenging so I'm and I to which I replied like oh girl (laughs) there is no closed windows here I mean Mm -hmm. you know now is the time um so when I think about especially I mean remembering when our kids were under five Mm -hmm. and just how chaotic and just as soon as one fire's put out another one started maybe hopefully not literally but (laughs) you know I mean it just feels like it's a circus all around us and I know some people in my I've got plenty of parents of twins oh my god I love those people hallelujah thank god for them um or parents who have you know three or four that are real close in age and it can feel just so overwhelming and I and and I'm wondering now even as I say it out loud is there a fear that like what is keeping them even as they listen to podcasts or they read blog posts what is it that's hanging them up from that resting in the moment is it this fear that somehow what What yeah I mean I I, I think it's um there is like a deep survival fear as a parent I think of like oh my god just please let me do this all right. right just please let me not mess up these children let me first just let them keep them alive um so I do think they're just from a a brain perspective Mm -hmm. we're just way more in that survival brain more often and you know then put on top of it sleep deprivation and um stress and breastfeeding hormones yeah everything you've kind of got a nice cocktail of stress yeah Um, oh I like the way you put that little (laughs) cocktail cocktail of stress (laughs) so then you you know then and that that adrenalized state your you know all of our nervous system sort of operates at a higher level Mm -hmm. a little more revved up and we are just um we really are operating from the the emotional brain or the survival brain yeah so what do we do about that right Um, especially if you're you know a parent of so many children and working and going 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 and this, and I'm going to talk about this kind of present moment awareness because this is where I started and I don't know that I could have started anywhere else kind of given how revved up I was at the time. I mean, I, I didn't know what I was really doing in terms of my own development and work um, until, of course, I look back on it. But when my children were small, like the only thing I could do, and I had just moments of it sort of spontaneously happen, was just there were just moments of me taking in, really taking in where I was, what I was doing, what I was feeling. Yeah. So tell me about that. Like, like, tell me about that. So when yeah. you say that, so you're so, looking around the room. Yeah. I, I just, I don't know why I kind of flash back to bath time. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, gosh. And, 
I was so happy when I didn't have to get in it anymore. <laughs> the pleasures of no longer doing bath time. What um, presence and becoming really fully taking in the moment can happen any time. So, which is so cool as a parent because we have so many opportunities yeah. to just really drop into presence. So it might even be, I'm feeling, I'm consciously feeling the warmth of the water. Mm-hmm. I'm consciously feeling the suds in my hands, or I'm mm-hmm. consciously really listening to my child. Like how many, you know, they're just yapping about something <laughs> and we don't really pay attention. Or, oh my gosh, it was just one of those sideways glances and I really saw my baby's face. Hey, so I'm so excited. I want to share with you about one of our new sponsors, Starglow Media. They have this amazing show for all of you with younger kids called Mysteries About True Histories. Every episode follows Max and Molly, who have just been recruited into a secret order of problem solvers and on adventures through time packed with puzzles and hidden equations, histories, and laughs. You all know Alana, our co-founder at Sproutable. She listened to the show with her seven-year-old and loved it. They would pause the show and try to figure out the math problems together, loved learning about different cultures and the histories around the world. The series explores themes like the stories behind math, critical thinking, code breaking, pattern solving, and so much more. Math is geared Math is what they call it. Math is geared towards kids six and over, but can be enjoyed by the entire family. Episodes drop every Thursday, and they're about 15 minutes, perfect length for the car rides, mealtime, break time, bedtime. Each episode is stacked with so much laughter, and your kiddos won't even realize how much they're learning. So tune into Mysteries About True Histories math with your kids you can follow and listen on apple podcasts or wherever you get your pods when it comes to raising kids there's so much to consider things like what do we feed them when do we feed them how do they sleep what does it look like to raise kind kids how does their nervous system work how do i keep myself calm what are my triggers there's so much that comes into play and we are distilling all of that information for you at voices of your village podcast where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips. Um, or it's, yes, I'm holding this child again at 3 a.m., but can I feel his breath on my neck? Just, mm. it, it, it's in these tiniest moments. And I, I would, I remember now that they would happen. And like when, when they did happen, it almost, it just, it filled my system. It really filled my system and um, filled my heart to, to feel everything so much. Um, now what I realize is, wow, I could have been doing that a lot more often mm-hmm. with just a little bit more awareness. Yeah. So it's, it's where I ask people to start. It's, it's start small and see if you can turn the dial just a little bit um, to creating more awareness more often during the day. Yeah. Can you drop in? Can you tune in to what is actually happening right then? Yeah. And I like to, I encourage people to, um, my listeners, this will be familiar, but to even just set alarms. <laughs> I mean, mm. we've got our cell phone close by, chances mm-hmm. are. And so I have them set, because there's lots of nice, peaceful, lovely ringtones and, and even change the label on their phone. Because I think what you're saying is so important. And I want to make sure the listeners understand that you're not suggesting in the heat of overwhelm and stress, you notice the bath water and notice the bubbles. I mean, you can do <laughs> it better too, right? Exactly. But what I'm hearing you say is the more we can do that throughout the day, 
the more available it becomes when we need to shift from that automatic overwhelmed mm. pattern, whatever the tendency for you is, into, okay, I'm going to get my stuff together. I'm going to feel my feet on the floor. This is, you know, I, I'm not running away from a bear here. Like this is, yeah. I don't need to be in fight or flight. Exactly. And so from a neurological standpoint, every time you tune into present moment awareness, you are creating new neurological pathways. Yay. So, Say that again. Okay. So every time you tune in and really notice present, the present moment, you have moved from autopilot or the emotional brain to a different part of your brain, which is the frontal lobe. Mm -hmm. And you literally are creating new neural pathways. So like little super highways in your brain allows you to go from autopilot. Oh, I'm noticing the present moment. Now I'm using a different part of my brain. And the more you do that, you go back and forth, switch mm -hmm. back and forth, the, the stronger and faster that neural pathway becomes. So then when you do get hardcore triggered, mm -hmm. that's, you know, a couple deep breaths, feeling your feet on the ground, um, uh, you know, counting to 10, all that stuff. It, it, your system can calm down faster mm -hmm. and it can help you switch into uh, the more resourceful part of your brain quicker. Yay. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Awesome. I love to use the analogy of um, hiking in the forest. And if you look around, you notice, um, like you take the established path, but if you look around, you see the game trails mm. that are just like dense in the underbrush, mm -hmm. right? Sorry for any of you that like live in the desert and don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> it's really beautiful. <laughs> And if every, if every hiker then stopped taking the established path and started taking the game trail, after a while, that's what would be worn down. Exactly. And the established path would get kind of grown over. And I think, you know, the languaging that I hear from parents is, when is this going to feel natural? And I want to be really careful, too, to say, just because you build awareness and you really engage in this practice does not mean you are no longer going to have moments that you need to then make repair for. I mean, it's just, there is no perfect mm -hmm. here. It's an unattainable goal. Oh, yeah. Right? It's really, it's more about how often can we be present versus yeah. how how often can we be perfect. Right. It's, let's go for presence over perfection. Love it. Love it. So... So we talked about some practices there. Um, I love the the imagery that you um, that you brought me with that bath time. Oh, kind of made me miss I know. Bath I'm time. about bath time. I don't know why that popped in, but I thought about bath time forever. But it's still even even with my stinky, cranky fourteen year old. Sometimes he's not that way, but sometimes. There are just some moments even, I mean, I still get the pleasure of tucking him into bed, which is yeah. very funny, but I really, I really um, feel those moments yeah. because more often than not, I feel more separated from him mm -hmm. um, and I feel those moments too. I don't try to avoid those feelings and there is some, you know, grief and being bummed out as a mom about that, but then there are also plenty of moments where where um, I can connect. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you know what I've been doing? What I notice I'm called to do in the mornings. My daughter gets up on her own because she gets up so mm -hmm. early. But my son, I still go in and wake him up, the 11-year-old. And mm -hmm. I will lay on his bed and I'll just curl my body around his and just like just take in you know just take in that moment of closeness he's and he's a total exhibitionist but my daughter you know she goes into the bathroom and she's like lock locking the door I don't get, so I think about like bath time well plus that would be kind of awkward um however you know and we spent some time talking about the overwhelm that can show up in kids under five and you know so for listeners that are thinking you know about their school-age kids or their teenage kids it's all relevant yeah. It's all relevant. Yeah. Another, um, if we have time to talk about how I've used this with with my kids, Please. this idea of presence, and and this um, is tuning into body sensation. Mm, love so, it. Um, 
See you guys. See listeners. I am not the only one that is talking about this. I'm not we some are crazy lady. Shoulders to the same wheel on this. Um, this idea that a way to tune into the present moment or drop in is to just notice body sensations. What are you feeling? Maybe you don't have words for it, but you just notice it. That's the idea of presence. First and foremost is to simply notice what is happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and I work with my kids a lot about um, what do we do with with our emotions and all of our emotions when we don't really feel them they get stuck in the body and they'll hang out there for a long time until until you're ready to to let them you know move and metabolize but one um, when Ethan my oldest was it was in the fifth grade when he was 11 he came to me or I, I noticed how um, he was just he was just in a kind of a, a slump and a and a bad mood for a long period of time. It really didn't feel like that's who he was. And um, I a moment kind of came where I went into his room and just just stated what I was observing. You know, honey, I I feel like I feel like there might be something wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, I you I notice you're just not doesn't seem like you're. Um, yourself right now Mm -hmm. and it's kind of tricky at that kind of pre-teen age um with how much they want to talk to you but Mm -hmm. yeah he said yeah I I don't I don't feel great and so instead of trying to intellectualize it what I did was invited him into feeling it into his where it was in his body and so because I had done this, this wasn't new to him, but I said, you know, hey, let if it's stuck in your body and it's sort of dragging you down, let's would you be interested in trying to get it out of your body, trying to let it come out? And he said, Yeah, okay. I mean maybe Yay for him. Not yeah. <laughs> but it's because I had this was not the first introduction to this, by right. the way. You know, this was small conversations about letting we gotta get, you know let the emotions get out of our body. So if that's wiggling or dancing or hitting something or speaking sure. it or drawing it, whatever. Um, but I said, what, well, you know, where is it? Where, where do you feel it in your body? And he pointed to his chest and he said, it's in here. Mm. And I said, well, let's just bring, you know, just pay attention to that. Let's, I put my hand on his heart, on his chest. And, um, and I said, what do you need, sweetie? And he said, I need to cry. Mm. And he cried. I'm like, well, then let's get this out. And then he, he cried. And it was significant. Mm-hmm. Um, and then kind of that first big wave passed. And I said, you know, where, what else do you feel? And he said, it's in here. And he pointed to his stomach. Mm-hmm. And we did the same thing. What do you need? And he said, I need to cry again. I'm like then let's let's go for it on all I could all I was doing was helping him bring his attention to what he already was experiencing right and I didn't say a thing but just put my hand there and let and gave him a loving presence to release the emotion mm-hmm. and he did and it was like big time that belly one was huge mm-hmm. and then then you know rinse and repeat okay right. what do you feel now uh what do you need and, and he said, I need, you know, I think I want to be alone now. Mm-hmm. I'm, okay. I love you. And good job. Yeah. And, uh, and he came down and he, you know, about a half an hour later and he was so much lighter and mm-hmm. so much happier. And later we talked about it and said, you know, what, what'd you think about that? And yeah. And he could say, it was just stuck. Mm-hmm. It was just stuck. And so this idea of a, guiding our children both with our own presence and not trying to intellectualize it but just draw it bringing them into what they already know Mm -hmm. they're so connected often so connected to their bodies that that's such a good doorway for any of us to tune into the present moment like can I actually feel what is happening in my body right now yeah yeah and not have to move, you know, make it go away or judge it or do anything with it other than notice it. And I think a lot of people are like, really, is noticing that productive? It is. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think there, you know, and what you're not talking about is the work that you did while you sat with him and were present and non-judgmental and open and noticing when your mind maybe, you know, because it's, 
it's challenging to sit with our kids while they release. We can jump into all sorts of like, oh, my God, this is really serious. Mm-hmm. Or I just want them to stop hurting. Or we can get – and that's just another opportunity, right? I would I would think for you to come oh, back yeah. to like, oh, look, there goes my monkey mind. Mm-hmm. And, and to back. just sit and fully breathe mm-hmm. and know, you know, know it will pass. And the crazy thing is, um, you know, this is when he was 11 and – just this week he's 14 now and just this week he came downstairs and he said some something's wrong I feel so anxious Mm. and he didn't know why he couldn't articulate there was no good reason why he was feeling anxious other than the elections um Mm. and this was a a couple days before the elections so you know nothing nothing had happened yet officially um but we did the same thing. I just said, I gave him, you know, a little bit more advanced breathing techniques, but I just sat with him while he breathed and it passed and he cried and he felt better and, and went to sleep. Would you be open right now to kind of guiding me maybe through a breathing technique and listeners, people who are listening can kind of be guided by you? Oh, I'd love Wouldn't it. Wouldn't that be cool? Let's That'd do that. That'd be great. Okay. Um, oh, there's so many. Well, just um, pick your favorite. <laughs> or pick one that you think, I mean, especially with this whole idea yeah. of the circus. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm going to do one called box breathing. Um, it's, it's, be, it's spoken about a lot in the mindfulness world. Okay. Um, and it is great for adults to calm yourself down. Anytime your nervous system is, is riled up, this, this is actually scientifically proven to calm your nervous system down. It's um, used by military by like sharpshooters, mm-hmm. um, police, hospital, you know, personnel, anybody that's in a really high tense situation where your emotional brain can take over. Right. And this, listeners, listeners, the nervous system being like the racing heart, the tension in the arms and legs, the belly tightness and the shoulders up, like just wanted to make sure that we all know how that feels. Great. Great. Yeah. Description and distinction. Yes, that idea. Anytime you're wigged out or freaked out, stressed yeah. out, yes, okay. that that's your nervous system activating. So it's called box breathing, um, and it and it goes something like not goes something like this. It goes like this, <laughs> where you breathe in for the count of to four, you hold that breath for four, you exhale for the count of four, and you hold that for four. And then we repeat. So let's, I'll take you through it and we'll do it four times. Okay. I might recommend doing it up to 10 times, but just for the sake of time, we'll do it. Perfect. We'll do it three times just for the sake of time because people get it. Okay. So I'll count you in and you breathe in. Two, three, four. Hold. Two, three, four. Exhale. Two, three, four, hold, two, three, four. One more time. Inhale, two, three, four, hold, two, three, four, exhale, two, three, four, and hold, two, three, four. That was only two times. That's okay. But I, I feel very it. relaxed. I think you get it. If you that that's what I just did with Ethan this week. Yeah. It's um that inhaling, holding, exhaling, holding, inhaling, holding, exhaling, holding. That um is is proven to calm the system down. And so even if you were a parent who was triggered or stressed out going and doing that for you know three or four times or mm-hmm. ten times however long it takes you helping your child when they're stressed out that would be a really great tool to help them um and and kind of can make it fun you could use your fingers to count mm-hmm. or um whatever is sort of age appropriate at that time but this is a technique that i really encourage um both my kids to use and I use regularly when I'm really feeling that triggered um, kind of stressed emotional state. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so glad that you came on to chat with me. And we, I mean, I, 
We have so much more to talk about, Sarah. I know. I can't wait till next time. <laughs> me too. This is really fun. Thank you for having me. So I have one more question that I always like to end with, which is, um, what does joyful courage mean to you? that I have such deep respect for myself and for others when they are just willing to just being willing to look just being willing to examine and question Mm -hmm. and then when they do that kind of liberation Mm -hmm. that comes from moving out of a pattern or just kind of coming to or, or waking up that to me is like the epitome of joyful courage Oh, I love that. Thank had, you. But the courage to look and then you feel free and at choice again. That that's that's the best thing ever. I wish you could see me right now. I have like my arms up like, yeah. <laughs> yes. Where can listeners find you and follow your work? Thank you. So you can find me at yaoconsulting.com. So that's Y-A-O consulting.com. And you can find uh, all my services there. There's a free report too. um, That's really great. Just 15 ways to get from autopilot to presence. And then um, both my books are um, on my website where you could, you can find the links to how you can purchase them. But they're both on this idea of really dropping in and being present. The first one is called Get Present. It's a very simple, short, easy read. I call that the appetizer. Mm-hmm. And then my, my latest book, Drop In, is, uh, is more like the full entree. <laughs> well, it is the full entree, but it's an easy read. Oh, look. My my new toddler in the form of a dog Bless you. is so sad that my husband just left. But um, thank you. Thank you so much. And if I'm going to get on your website and any social media links. I know, Daisy, you're good. Do you want to do some box breathing? <laughs> I'll put social media links and listeners Great. know they can find all that they need in the show notes. Thank you again so much for coming on. Thanks, Casey. Wasn't that so great? I'm so excited for this podcast to be in everyone's ears because it's just such important work. It's such important work for all of us. I mean, it doesn't even have to do with parenting, right? It's like daily life, being aware, learning about yourself. I think my favorite part of the conversation was talking about those three reactive tendencies. I mean, that just really, really landed for me and uh, got me curious and excited to pay more attention. So, yay! I want to give you guys a little sneak peek, too, to something that's going to be offered soon through Joyful Courage. I have this amazing woman that I met through a Teaching Parenting the Positive Discipline Way workshop in New Mexico, Albuquerque, last gosh, last February, Antonia the Grateful. She's amazing. And she makes bracelets and um, puts little mantras on the bracelets. And soon there will be some bracelets available on the Joyful Courage website. And they say things like joyful and courage and intention and think tree. So any of you that have worked with me or listen to a lot of the podcasts, I talk a lot about reminders and helping ourselves to remember the work that we have committed to doing. So I partnered with Antonia to um, create some visual reminders that you could wear to help you remember that there is a way of being that you are committed to because it's only a practice if you practice. So stay tuned for that. I'm super excited. As always, you can find and follow me on Facebook, Joyful Courage, Instagram at Joyful underscore Courage, and I'm also on Twitter. And you can join the Live and Love with Joyful Courage discussion group on Facebook. Just ask to join and I will slide you on in there. But I'm just really excited. I'm excited for the right now and I'm excited for what's to come. And don't forget about that Joyful Courage 10 holiday edition program starting December 1st through the 10th. 
that's going to be awesome, you guys. Awesome for us all. So I really, really hope that you join me and the over 100 other people who have said yes already to that exciting program. Yay! I will see you all next week. Huge love. Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts.